Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the only podcast we're pretty sure that brings you the best, the brightest, the strangest, the sexiest TV shows and film properties to stream right from your home. In an ocean of streaming networks vying for your attention, we are your lighthouse, your beacons of broadcast, your curators of content. Yes! We crushed that one. Nailed it. No rehearsal whatsoever. Out of mini one. That was a throwback to we the are Stranger Things show. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was one of the episode titles. Out of many one. Full disclosure, we just did a fire-ass 10-minute intro. 10 minutes. And I was crushing it. I was emoting. There was so much uh, gravitas and pathos to everything I specifically said. And uh, we weren't recording. So I'm just going to have to get you guys to trust me on that one. Well, perhaps there's a multiverse out there somewhere where we did record that original this uh, is truly the fire. darkest timeline. I, I, yeah. I, I was going to, I was going to make that same joke about this is the fucked up one where Steve, we 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 have the bad Steve. And I'm, I'm sad about that. <laughs> Just because I have a mustache does not mean I'm evil, guys. Okay. <laughs> if there is a better Steve in another universe, I don't, I can't imagine that. <laughs> Steve's angry in French now. <laughs> He's been that way the whole time. But uh, but across all multiverses, time streams, we do have a special guest with us. We do. And his name is Sean. Hi, Sean. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the real show where the where it's being recorded. <laughs> Sean is a great friend of the show. And uh, as we said before, but you did not hear, uh, we are excited this evening, uh, waiting with bated breath mere hours from witnessing the glory that is everything everywhere all at once, which ironically opened in limited release. <laughs> Not everywhere, not all at once. What the fuck? It was right there in the title. It's had the most staggered film release in some time. (laughs) It's been very frustrating for the past month. We've been reading about how awesome this movie is and constantly refreshing AMC, trying to find tickets. We finally got them. We actually bought tickets to go up to Westchester. We were just like, okay, there's a plane there. Let's fucking go. And then uh, Chris mm-hmm. was like, we're going to find out. Maybe they're going to come here. I don't know why he talks like that, but <laughs> that's that? how we. Well, you know, I'm going to go look We both talk like uh, an out of breath Boomhauer when we're anxious. <laughs> Few know this. Every time. But it turned out that it was coming to us eventually. So it's everything, everywhere, all at once, eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a caveat there. Yeah. And uh, but we've been hearing nothing but just enormous uh, gushing of praise for this film. From all corners of of the film globe, the film loving globe, uh, everything from a hyperbolic favorite movie of all time to probably accurate best movie of the year guaranteed and and everything in between. But no negative praise that I've seen whatsoever. Uh, no one would dare, at least. Oh, that will change probably starting. Tonight. Certainly, certainly. <laughs> uh, and of course, this is a film from the Daniels. You probably know them from a 2016 film called Swiss Army Man, starring Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. Uh, one of Andy's favorite movies. He it is. watched it many, many times. I think I've seen it twice. It's in my top 10 of all time. I fucking love that movie. I didn't know how to take it. You know, I wasn't the A24 aficionado that I am today. At the time, I was like, he's using Harry Potter's boner as a <laughs> compass. I think I like this. But it also seems like fan fiction that I would write. So I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> This is the, the, this is the uh, dark timeline where Harry dies, and we we see what happens to his body. Yeah, and I'm here for that. It. Corpse would have power, and Paul, and just regular old Paul Dano finds Harry Potter, and it's like, oh, I need this, <laughs> <laughs> and his elder one. <laughs> yeah, so we know from that terrible. film that the Daniels are are just wildly inventive. And apparently this film is uh, not a departure from that. Sean, have you seen Swiss Army Man? I have not, but Dude. it sounds kind of right up my alley. It's uh, he uses. Daniel Radcliffe's corpse as a gun. Uh, he showers with him. 
One could say he uses him as a Swiss Army. Yeah, man. I was going to say yeah. the Swiss <laughs> Army. So is I was to make trying more to sense. name some of the corpse tools, perhaps. Yeah, that's to, true. Just to, if Sean wasn't already drawn into its majesty, does he use him as like a, a, a ski do for he does. a hot portion? He, he's of the a movie? farting corpse, and he can ride him like a ski do. Yeah, like, so in the ocean, he travels upon him with his farts. <laughs> it's wonderful. And it has the greatest line in cinema, cinematic history. Which is? If you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. That's true. That is a, the mantra that Steve has lived his whole life by. Yep. It's right there on a quilt hanging on my wall. I pointed to nothing. And then Sean looked like, really? We, we all looked. It's like, oh, it is. Wow. Yeah, because it's audio, man. We got them. They don't know. They don't fucking know my house. They don't know that I live in a 16-story mansion with Playboy models everywhere. That's right. Playboy models. So wait, I can't remember. Is the whole bit where we had to hold hands and we actually did it and we prayed for the film and stuff or whatever we were doing, that was on the unrecorded That version. was the unrecorded yeah. <laughs> do, do you want to say another prayer again? No. Because, again, we're we're going to see this movie and it will uh, surely, if yeah, the Steve, reviews are... Steve, guide us in. And for some reason, okay. we're actually holding hands every time we do this. All right, we, you guys can't We're holding it. hands. We've, made, we've formed a prayer circle. circle. Listener mm. at home, I want you to reach out Physically reach out with your hand as if you're trying to touch us. Unless just you're driving. The ether, you know, do it while you're driving too, because this is important. Keep your hands at 10 and two. Uh, keep one hand at 10 and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. The other hand yeah, stretched be, out as if to, to, to touch us. Because right now we are just going to reflect upon how, as of this moment, before we go see everything everywhere all at once, the world as it is, as it is now, for it will never be the same again in just mm. a few short hours. Mm. In this name we pray. Thank you, Daniels. <laughs> Thank you, Daniels. Thank you, Cake. Also, I just want to say that <laughs> streaming things is not responsible for any car accidents that may incur. So check this, guys. What if it sucks? <laughs> <laughs> that is a distinct possibility. There, there is a universe yes. in which that is the case, but I don't think it is this one. I highly doubt it, at least. Um, you know, you get to a place in life where you find your your like-minded critics, and they hardly ever steer you wrong, but it's pretty much been ubiquitously loved, unanimous support for this movie. So much so that, as I said before, the Daniels have humbly denied it, saying, hey, lower your expectations. Uh, I think you'll have more enjoyment. (laughs) I've never imagined that being something I would have to deal with, and to this day, I don't don't think it ever will be. I don't think I've ever heard of a director coming out saying, hey guys, my movie really isn't that good yeah like a lot of people are saying you just it's not chill out thank you but it's i know what it is i I see that though i like i have the kind of anxiety where i could see like the first day or two of all these critics like this is the greatest movie ever made that feeling really good but knowing that it's a limited release and like your average joe is about to see it coming just feeling like oh no <laughs> the Last Jedi was rocking like a 97 before it actually went out. So critics were like, you guys, this this is the best fucking Star Wars ever. And Ryan Johns is like, I did it. And then we found out how the, audience, the world was going to react. Yeah, the audience score check, started checking in like, uh, hi, Nick Beard's here. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Nick Beard here. <laughs> the casual moviegoer is going to be like, Shh, there's not even a post credit scene. They're like, right. what the fuck? I mean, it's all right, but it's no Morbius. I'll wait three <laughs> weeks for the real multiverse. <laughs> oh, that's going to be dope, too, though. Apparently, there is. there are people that are like, uh, and I hope to God it's satire, but there's like uh, letterbox reviews for everything everywhere all at once claiming that the Daniels have ripped off the concept of the multiverse from uh, fucking uh, MCU and that they're even stealing <laughs> actors from the MCU and they're ripping off of the theoretical multiverse. It's wild. 
That's, that's the world we live in. Hopefully that is satire. What actors are, are, are Marvel actors? I think Michelle Yeoh is in one of like either Shang-Chi or Eternals. One of the new ones. I thought that's what they claimed. So may, maybe they're. I don't remember. And I liked both of those movies more than about Asian people. Your average Joe. No, I mean, I'm almost certain Michelle Yeoh would be. She's such a phenom. Such a phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, we're literally hour and a half from witnessing this splendor. And so we hope that you stay with us on this journey. We wanted to touch base on our, on our way in and then uh, on our way out, obviously we're going to give you our full unabashed review. I just, can I just say what I'm most excited about? I mean, you're on the show. I can't stop you. The the thing that you have a microphone. The thing that gets me most excited about it is just the appearance of, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. K who Juan who Juan, do you know who that is? No. It's the guy who played short round. Oh yeah. 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 And, uh, I've seen the buzz and the Goonies and like, this is his return to acting. Cause he hasn't really been acting in some time from like, yeah, his IMDB credits goes from a movie called second time in 2002, uh, to something last year called finding, I don't know, but what, hold on. Nemo? finding Ohana, but, uh, I don't, Close. but, that, but I don't think he started in that. I think he just came here, but like, this is his first like real, like I coming out party. Aired. Did you? <laughs> That's naughty. My dude, those are leather seats you're sitting on, sir. Did, did we talk about Short Round when we did our Goonies Patreon episode and like well, data. how he had D- quit acting? I don't know if we mentioned about how he quit acting, but we we talked about how like we love him so much in yeah. those movies. He brings such heart and he's such an enjoyable, enjoyable part of those movies. Um, stereotypes be damned. But uh, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, 80s. Am I right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, they're still persisting. And I think that's what and I can't speak on that. I mean, you got four mostly straight white dudes here. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that a mostly. lot of what's so special about this movie specifically, but really the last couple of years of films um, with actors like Stephen Yoon, you know, and, and, and Parasite winning Best Picture. You know, there's so many um, of so much of the Asian culture uh, being better represented slowly. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, after the, the covid uh, debacle, you've got all this anti-Asian, horrible racism, uh, permeating, you know, at least America. Um, and so it's nice to see, I think that was what was so heartbreaking about Michelle Yeoh's interview, which I think was not recorded as well when we were talking about that, but you were correct, sir. You know, she did an interview with GQ that Andy and I watched today and, you know, we, we were both teary eyed watching it because she was talking about how special of a project this is and how she's very choosy with her scripts and it has to be something really special that the director believes in. But I think, um, I've seen critics like Dave Chen and, and Walter Chaw talk about uh, how special this is for the Asian community specifically. And uh, so I'm really excited for that. I'm just all in all, I'm ready to have my mind blown wide open to laugh, to cry and just be entertained. And so we'll, we will see if my prediction is true, but I expect all those things will happen. So look forward to that. You can email the show. Let's get this out of the way before we go see this movie at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That is streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Please consider, if you can, financially supporting the show at patreon.com slash streaming things. You can uh, subscribe to the show at a variety of tiers and get a variety of awards. Uh, not awards. I won't award you anything. Uh, rewards is the word I was looking go. for. We could give you an award, maybe get a new tier and just send out one of Steve's Emmys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? $100 a month tier, borrow Steve's Emmys for a year at a time. Yeah, just take photos with it. Send it, <laughs> send it back. This is Steve's Emmy at the beach. <laughs> this is Steve's Emmy in a toilet. <laughs> Those are things we could do. Thank you to our current patrons. Thank you, Uncle Phil. Hello, I'm Pippin the dog. Hello, Pip. Hello. Rub my tummy, please, while I read these. Thank you. Thank you, Carmelita. 
Thank you, Carrie. Oh, thank you, Enza. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Katie, so much. Thank you, Daniel. Hopefully they will see your movie and like it. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Elo, Kyle, and Toma. I hope you all come and rub my belly. This is Pippin the dog. Goodbye. Thank you, Pippin the dog. Uh, Steve's dog, everybody. You're welcome. For, for contributing to the show. We could not reach Dolly Parton or Matthew Modine or Bernie <laughs> Sanders this, this evening. Yeah, Matthew Modine's been like MIA for a while. He has, but he'll be returning soon. I have a theory. Yeah. It's so one theory that I have that by May 27th, he will return to the streaming things show. And we mentioned it last time. If you missed that episode, he will for certain be returning soon. Uh, the month of May, other than uh, Doctor Strange and Top Gun, will mostly be uh, recaps and republishings of Stranger Things content from, from streaming things past. Uh, anticipating the May 27th debut of Stranger Things season four. Hell yeah. Debussy. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. Debussy. Debussy. <laughs> You'll get it, Andy. It has to sound like the other word or it's yeah. not funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It worked out in the end. Is that how you say it? To pussy. Give me some of that pussy. <laughs> Ew. Ew. I don't like that image. Oh, man. Gross. That's why this show is rated E for everyone. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. All at once. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Brought it back in with a title. We do have time before we head to the theater. Uh, is that how you say theater nowadays? Teata? Teat. That's how yeah. Timothee Chalamet says it. He does, I'm yeah. almost certain. We do have time for the Crossing Streams segment. Let's knock that out. <laughs> Crossing Streams is the segment where each week we talk about the things we've been streaming since last we met. What a novel concept for a show called Streaming Things. Mm. Andy? We're thinkers. You got anything you've been streaming you want to lay on our listeners? Couple of things, you guys. I have started the rewatch. I am prepping myself for Streaming Things 4. And so I have begun my watch. Much like the Night's Watch from Game of Thrones. And guys, I don't know if you knew this, but the show's pretty good. Stranger Things is good, Andy said. He said it holds pretty up. Pretty good. You've heard it here third. It holds up. And I'm excited. This will be your fifth watch, right? Uh, of season one, yes. Right. I, I think I watched season two twice and uh, season three once. So I got uh, I got some oh, re- wow. rewatching to do to uh, permeate myself back in the culture. I'm watching and I'm like, somebody can get it, but I can't remember who can get it. Mr. Clark. Mr. Clark can get it. How you could guys? you forget about Mr. Clark and his perchance to get Debussy? Get <laughs> Debussy. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I actually have already rewatched all of season one and I am partway into season two. So that, that's been wonderful. I've been spending a lot of time dealing with some display issues on my big TV. I'm not going to go hard on it again because I already talked about it. Mm-hmm. But I use this opportunity to work on the display uh, while watching Stranger Things because there is an awful lot of dark scenery. And so like the display flashing issues I was dealing with uh, were exacerbated in watching that show. But I'm happy to report that I've got it mostly taken care of. Tune in next week for how Andy's TV's doing. <laughs> Will the blacks be blacker? The whites whiter? <laughs> Tune in to find out. Uh, so obviously, uh, I, I don't need to harp on about my love for Stranger Things. Uh, it's wonderful, and I'm excited to be uh, getting back into that world, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I'm actually really excited to get into season two because I don't remember shit. 
Uh, so that that has been really interesting to jump back in. I was like, oh, my God, Eleven's at the cabin already. Like, forgot all of that shit. Uh, uh, skip episode seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. We don't talk about that. The one. Empire Strikes Back is streaming things or Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, I've been uh, catching- episode seven. Is that that's the one with the, that's the with other all kids the, like, in siblings Chicago, right? They try to like make their little the other numbers. Things yeah. cinematic universe. And it's like everyone just like, nah, <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm eight. It's like, all right, eight. I remember we, we called that episode The Empire Strikes Back. It was yeah. Stranger Things because it was very like. The one, the one girl was definitely like the Yoda. <laughs> it was, uh, it, so they actually start off the season introducing these characters. It's like, Ooh, where are they going to be? And then like, you find out they're like, oh my God, I wish they hadn't done that, but that's okay. I can't wait okay. for them to come back. Yeah. You think <laughs> I'm hoping to God that they, I the want them to come back. Otherwise, it's otherwise worse. what it's, yeah, it's worse. It's like, why the fuck did we go through that for no reason? That's a fair <laughs> point. That's a fair point. So I've been watching some other things too. Um, I said a few episodes back that I was going to start watching upload, uh, the Amazon original that was created by, uh, the people that brought you the office and, um, parks and rec and many other things. Uh, Greg um, Daniels. I wanted to say that, but in my head I was like, is it Daniels? Because I'm just inundated with Daniel right now. Yeah, there's so been a lot of Daniels know. mentioned, but I'm almost, it's just I'm 99%. Around. So anyway, that's why I just went with the office guy. I hope you wouldn't call me out on it, but you did, and that's fine. You can't just say the office guy. It is Greg Daniels. Yes! Crush Fuck it. yes! Sorry. Uh, it's really good. Dude. Honestly, so I loved the hell out of that show like three years ago or whenever it was mm-hmm. that it debuted. It's been a hot minute. And you're a huge fan of The Office. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just general, that style of humor, uh, and I love sci-fi, fun, lovey sci-fi stuff, and that's exactly what... Uh, upload is uh this ep- this first episode that i watched is really good and it, it dude stylistically and like tonally it's as if they never stopped and that was really cool like it felt like they did not miss a step even though it had been a hot minute the problem is that it's been so fucking long that i don't really remember what happened and yeah, there it's been is like, like two a, years right there's a season one recap and even though they did that i'm still like uh-huh who are these people though and so like i watched this first episode and i enjoyed it but i don't know if I can continue without going back and rewatching season one. And that's a bit of a commitment right now because I got other things I'm streaming. One of those other things being, and this is fucking dope and you guys are going to love it. On Apple TV Plus, there's a new show that just came out called Slow Horses. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah. I've heard no. Of it. no. It is I a... you were going to say pachinko. It's a <laughs> semi-serious uh, spy thriller. Um, so it, it, it is a basically a the has-beens of uh mi6 or mi5 or whatever uh the british secret service is called uh it stars gary oldman as like the um curmudgeon uh has been i'm the one that has to deal with the rejects guys so it's essentially about um spies that didn't quite make the cut but they didn't get fired and so they get sent basically to like the oh you guys don't do shit uh club within the secret british secret service and gary oldman is the leader of them and he basically just forces them to do shitty things all the time it's like you go sift through this guy's fucking garbage and it's like why because i don't like you that's why go do it uh i didn't know my childhood club was part of the secret service that's right? pretty crazy um but so essentially uh these um wannabe spy people are they uncover a like right-wing conspiracy that's happening in britain it's really 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 well done and i'm only the one episode in but i absolutely absolutely love it like it is really 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 well done think like tinker taylor soldier spy made into a like long series and just fucking awesome interesting i will check that out 
And then yeah. me and my girlfriend watched uh, Forrest Gump the other night, and I actually have not watched that since I was like 19. It had been a hot fucking minute. And Jedi. so like, um, that movie also holds up. I, I'm, I'm pleased to report. It's a great movie. I'd be interested to see a sequel and like have him be part of historical events now and be like, he's just like kind of mumbling around at the January 6th insurrection and being like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did you like, are you familiar that there was a sequel to the book? No, but the guy that wrote the book was like so pissed off about the movie and money and stuff that he like intentionally wrote the book like so outlandish and like bad that they wouldn't make a second Forrest Gump movie. Wow. Uh, Self-sabotage. Yeah. It was like, I was I hearing mean, about that. They can make a sequel to the movie. They can ignore the book. Yeah, absolutely. But this is what the guy did when he wrote Forrest Gump 2 is like, F you, Paramount or whatever. I think I recall hearing that uh, in that movies that made us show that the book was really not. That's probably where I heard it. Yeah, it was not selling well, right? It was like a book that was sitting on the desk of somebody somewhere and they just happened to pick it up and. Now it's the legendary movie. That movie gets shit on a lot nowadays. It's oh, you th- it's one of those like hipster. Uh, oh, you thought this movie was cool, but it's not. You Here's know why it's not cool, right? And it's like no, I'm, I'm saying, I, I really like pretty cool. Shawshank and Forrest Gump are yeah. great movies. I disagree. How could you not like it? Get your goddamn genius, Gump. You know, <laughs> I, I agree with Andy. I would love to see a modern day Forrest Gump yeah. where he's like, I may not be a smart man, but I sure do want to know what PizzaGate is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the pizza, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, and he would say things <laughs> like, uh, "I brought the, I, I bought this Bitcoin in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got to worry about money a, no more. I, I wanted to buy man. a bunch of those dog coins, and <laughs> apparently, it's worth a lot of money." <laughs> Jenny <laughs> retweeted me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, so that's on uh, Amazon Prime right now. I think it's also available on Paramount Plus if you have Plus. I'm sorry, if you have that. Thank you. Uh, but uh, the, but my big recommendation right now is to go watch Slow Horses on Apple TV. Plus. Slow Horse, Apple TV Plus, killing it, leading the game, absolutely Plus. crushing it. I, I, Plus, I did it again. And in a, in an era of like all these shows that I used to love that it's, I find impossible to get back into uh, post COVID. I just, I'm glad there's all these other shows to, you know, like Ozark and, and Upload, unfortunately, so far has fallen in that category. I'm like, I remember that I loved this, but I, I have no more fucks to give. I have um, no memory of this place. It has place. been so many years. It is straight up Gandalf effect. It's bizarre. Like, yeah. I'm not the same person that I was. Yeah. I, I, I tried to get back into the Ozark mentality and I just... I love all those people, but I watched like four episodes of season four and fucking shit, bitch, Marty, dick suck, Marty. And I just, just like Marty off pause or whatever, pause, whatever I did. I haven't come back. Um, anywho, <laughs> that's, that's a quote from season two, episode four. That's a quote, man. <laughs> Verbatim. Sean, have you been streaming anything you want to bring to our attention? Or? Oh, I've been streaming a few things of late. Uh, I watched the Adam project. It's like really good. I love one ryan reynolds and two time travel so i was like pretty sure i would rock it i even got a little teary-eyed towards the end it's like i cried both times little field of dreams type moment at the end with the dad and sons and (laughs) i'm just like all right y'all y'all getting me and obviously they're probably going to try to play it for sequels and i'll i'll be there for that as well Ooh, it's made that way oh you haven't caught it yet have you no i haven't it's definitely if you have any daddy issues, you'll love it. Okay, and it's it's fun. It's not like oh wow, this is so well made, but it was like it was well for what it is. It's super well made and and very endearing. I think you would love it too, Steve. Is it better than Red Notice? Yeah, yes, one hundred percent. But <laughs> yeah. I, I also, full disclosure, didn't hate Red Notice. I was like, eh. I didn't really hate Red Notice. Either. Nice little day at the house. <laughs> you know, it's I mean? a strong word for Red Notice. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's more of a 
Why am I still watching this? <laughs> I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has not lost his charm from as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, all those movies are kind of doo doo, but I'm also like, yay. <laughs> I just get to smell what he's cooking again. Yeah, I mean, it's The Rock being The Rock and Ryan yeah. Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. And that's, I mean, you got to know what you're going to get. The only you thing you got to get over is Gal Gadot. Uh, who I has lost her charm for? Isn't she in Red Nose? Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't find I'm not charmed by her anymore. But I heard take. that she's pretty wonderful in Death on the Nile. I've heard that movie is hot garbage. I keep wanting to watch it, and then he just keeps like shitting on it every time. And I'm I like, have not I heard a single person not say that is time of my life. I will never get back. And as a Poirot fan, I am furious and Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh needs to be set free and there will never be another one of these movies. And Interesting. I just listened to another podcast where they're like, you know what? It got a lot of hate, but it's actually pretty fucking good. Well, there you so, go. Send that podcast over to Sean. <laughs> he needs he needs a little bit of a talking to. Is it? I just need like push him over that edge. A little bit of a push. And I'm in. I'm on. I'm like play. <laughs> uh, other than that, I've also watched. I rewatched the original Nightmare on Elm Street the other day, uh, just because I hadn't seen that since I was like a kid. And I'm like, is this any good? It is. It is. It really is. It's I pretty did a good. Rewatch a few months ago, and like I got like nostalgia nightmares. It was wild. Yeah, it was just like okay, reinforced my love for old Kruger there. Plus, so. you got to see Baby Johnny Depp. Yeah, and who doesn't love that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. young, so handsome. Amber Heard, but other than that, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who was also in Pineapple Express? Warner Brothers yeah, found that out. <laughs> what? The the girlfriend in Pineapple Express is Amber Heard. We're gonna sound stupid right now, but gonna have to go back. Yeah, yeah we were talking about Amber Heard, and I was like, "Yeah, she's in Pineapple Express," and he's like, "No, she wasn't. You stupid fuck." And I'm like, <laughs> "I didn't say that." I'm like, "Yeah, she's like the uh, couscous girl." <laughs> <laughs> Poots a nice name to twice. Uh, and then also funny and listeners out here, I'll tell you, this is not a good tender date movie because I watched it with a tender girl, and I had no idea what it was about. <laughs> but I watched Fresh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the best i mean a great not a good first date movie yeah i loved the movie but it was just so awkward oh my god that's so fucking funny <laughs> yeah i'm all like have you have you heard of this you know what it's about my buddy said it's good she's like yeah let's watch it and i'm like just halfway through i'm like oh well we're gonna finish this are you are you pausing it halfway through like i'm not gonna kill you i swear right. <laughs> it's like i'm not getting hungry don't worry <laughs> god damn that's funny um, and then I think the only other thing I've been watching is I'm like halfway through inventing Anna and I'm like slowly getting through it. Meaning you don't love it. Don't but love you're not, it. you don't hate it. But yeah, I'm just like, oh, I guess I'll go back to it. It's like intriguing and I want to find out what happens, but I'm not like down to binge it. So I'm just saying. Did any of you guys watch Inventing Anna? No. Netflix? Mm-mm. Anna Delvey? Mm-mm. I've read a bunch of articles about her and um, I'd be really interested in like a documentary. Yeah, you're really into that whole like uh corporate you know dinner uh what's it called corporate degener- degenerates yeah history i didn't know this about you andy yes, yeah, i feel like a documentary would be better but this it's like the dramatic retelling of it mm-hmm. is like yeah i've been watching the dropout on hulu so it's kind of similar it's like this just happened and you already made a show about it wow okay so yeah and then of course moon night for me Mm. I just did you watch episode two? I did. Andy and Steve have not, so we can't say anything. No but. spoilers, but I just love it because I love the MCU and I love Fight Club, and it's like boom, those I'm two really, things put together. I'm really digging it. Uh, I think I'm going to have some hot takes when I do my ranking of all the MCU shows after this, and 
and Hawkeye's number one. I think that'll piss a lot of people off. But Hawkeye's dope. See, I don't think I'm alone in that, but I feel alone in that. But I, I, I really like Moon. This episode two, I was like, because I don't know anything about the character of Moon Knight. I have no nothing. So now they're kind of really getting in full swing with the hero part of Moon Knight in episode two, and I'm like, I really like this. This is neat. El Nito. And fun fact, I don't know if it's true. I assume it's true. I didn't confirm, uh, but I saw a video where uh, the director was a, a relative unknown um, Egyptian gentleman who uh, wrote like a 200 page treatment of what he would do with Moon Knight when he heard Disney was developing it and sent it to them. And they were really impressed. And, and they read it. And he got the job. Wow. That's the that's the legend, at least. He got the job because, you know, it's a huge project with a huge company and his uh imdb page is pretty sparse <laughs> one short film or something like that so there's just like wow weird but that's why that's what happened so it's amazing fun factoid steve what have you been streaming well uh, i haven't been streaming a lot it's been a busy week and usually my my day to catch we're filming or recording this on this is thursday I almost, yes I almost oh, yeah we're three days, three days early so we're three days early and i usually take advantage of fr- my Friday nights and my Saturday afternoons to like catch up on stuff before we start recording. Cause I'm usually pretty busy. So I haven't had a, a lot of time to watch some stuff. Uh, I do want to kind of touch on a couple things. I did try uh, some more halo on paramount plus and man, it just absolutely just shocks me how you can make a TV show about the video game. Halo. So goddamn boring. <laughs> like i don't know if you kept up with it andy at all but like are we on episode three now i have yeah. not watched that oh, i haven't finished it because i got like 20 minutes <laughs> it's like i was that. like 20 minutes into it i'm like what the fuck i don't even i don't care <laughs> I just, i'm just, gonna go do my laundry yeah exactly i'm gonna go do something more fun like the dishes <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but uh the the one thing i do want to uh talk about that's really kind of sunk all my free time because i found this concept fascinating it's really well done but it's not a movie it's not a tv show it's something you can watch on youtube uh okay are you guys aware of polygon the website it's a video game website yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah uh there's a guy on there on there named brian david gilbert and he has a youtube BDG. Seri- yeah bdg he's got a series on uh polygon called unraveled and what he does is he they're all video game based but like it's not like your typical like top 10 favorite characters in zelda you know it's not those type of like boilerplate type of things i mean this guy graduated with a degree in creative writing so all of his stuff is incredibly creative and unique and outside the box so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read a couple of the titles of the videos you can watch that he's created uh which dark souls boss would be the best boss where he ranks all the dark soul dark soul enemies as like which would be the best boss in a corporate realm and he like he has like one of those big felt walls where he has like like pieces of paper that he can just like slap on there and like he he, just the way he does it is so well done and interesting and he's really funny uh my favorite one that he did was uh waluigi unraveled where oh you sent that i didn't get a chance to watch it yet oh it's so goddamn funny where he literally is like there's never been a game created about waluigi uh so we're gonna figure out just who is he? And he literally breaks down every single, you know how like uh, uh, old Nintendo games would come with like a game book oh, yeah. that you could read. So he like breaks down all those. He would like any little morsel of 
information for that, the lore of that, Waluigi. Yeah, that Nintendo has written about Waluigi. He he compiles it into a list. He's like, we know he's very hardworking. He's mischievous. He has a crooked nose. He's got a mustache. Luigi is not afraid of him for some reason, which is weird because Luigi is afraid of everything. Uh, and the we ending, know this from Luigi's Mansion. Yes, exactly, exactly. And <laughs> I, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, the ending, the last five minutes or so of that of that particular video, the Waluigi video is so fucking funny. And it like speaks to how well written his stuff is because it, you know, it's, it's like pulling back from all these threads that he's kind of pulled in the beginning. And it's got a little bit of a twist ending and it's really self-referential and self-referential and funny. And I can't highly recommend it. So that is unraveled on the Polygon channel of YouTube. Uh, go check it out. And that's Sean's probably going to check that. out. He's a big YouTube guy. Was that the sponsor bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, the check hasn't cleared yet. Uh, I've only watched one thing that I want to harp on. And then, and after this, we'll, oh, let me get the harp real quick. Yeah. Get the harp. We'll rush to the theater. Um, I know Steve's talked about it before and he's talked about it a little bit. Yes. Nice. It's the streaming things harp. We actually need to make a segment where we harp on things and we just play the harp. We just play the harp. I mean, you did that. You literally just did that. But I just mean we could do it again sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched the entirety of season one of a little show on HBO Max called Our Flag Means Death. And <gasps> I have to say that I was that was a rapturous experience. Uh, <gasps> I adore that show. I think it's one of the funniest things that I've seen in a long time. Um, huge fan of what we do in the shadows. Actually, haven't watched the show much except for the pilot with Andy. How much for oh, how much I love so that movie is ridiculous. So I wanted to admit that. Uh, but a huge fan of the movie. Love Taika Waititi. This show is like um, it's the the hilarity of what we do in the shadows mixed with the emotional gravitas of Jojo Rabbit. Even though I, I think it's worth being said that David Jenkins created this show. And not Taika Waititi. So I think everybody kind of just because of the vibe of the show is so Taika. Um, it's like, oh, Taika, Taika's done it again. And like David Jenkins is just like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, but this show is is wonderful and important. Uh, yeah. The the I didn't mean to put a question mark on that. I just kind of wanted to throw that in because it might not be known to people who haven't seen it yet. But I mean, every now and then you come across a movie or a film, uh, a movie or a film, a movie or a show where it's like, this is really entertaining, but also like needs to exist needs to be seen by more people mm -hmm. um and this show is is wildly funny but it's funny because they wrap up all of this really um, a weighty emotional theme inside absurdity mm -hmm. so it's just like this ridiculous set piece and you know like this gentleman pirate swinging on a flimsy ladder and hey, can you hold the bottom so i can get down there you know uh <laughs> But then, come on, guys, we're going to be pirates. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm crying. You know what I mean? Uh, and it, it, uh, LGBTQ pirates roaming the seas. Uh, I can't get enough of it. I think it's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. I think that this show kind of pulls at the strings of masculinity uh, in a way that's really important. You get to see Blackbeard crying because uh, someone left him and he's lonely or he just lost in life. Right. And it's, and it's not absurd. It's like, it's very much on purpose. Right. And you, you mm -hmm. know this when you see it. Um, so I have to say, this is one of those shows where first off, if you're not a fan of what we do in the shadows or Tyka's work or, or things like that, you're probably not going to ever buy into this. And I'm just being honest. Right. Mm -hmm. But 
but I, what kind of person are you really is what I'm really asking. Yeah, if you're, go, if you're listening to this show. Go think about it. Right, exactly. If you're listening to this show, you'll probably love it, but you have to really stick it out through the first four episodes. Uh, toward the end of season, th- uh, sorry, episode three is where things really kick off. Like that's where the the dynamic of uh, a Steed and, and Edward Teach, aka Blackbeard, kind of takes over the show and it becomes something entirely different. But this is one of those rare shows, I think, and I think Steve would agree, where every episode is successive, successively better, uh, mm-hmm. which isn't always the case. Like a lot of times there's all oh, episode five and episode eight were just crushed, you know, but every single episode is almost better than the one that came before. Um, that was my experience binging it at least over the last four or five days. So I only, I fucked up only watching the first episode. Yeah. You yeah. Got, you got, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you were here on the episode where I said this. I think this was an episode that Madison was on, but I, there was a friend of mine at work. His name's Yeah, Kyle. You guys kind of argued about our flag means death uh, through the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was listening to the episode where you watched it, not liking it that much on the airplane. I'm like, this fucking idiot. Andy. <laughs> How could he? But no, a buddy of mine, he was like, Hey, I watched uh, the first episode of our flag means death. It's all right. I was kind of hoping it would be more about Steve Bonnet hanging out with Blackbeard. Because he knew Taika Waititi was black. Like, Dude, motherfucker, get to episode three. <laughs> You're almost there. Just do it. And then it's through. And, well, that's the like the case show. with like a lot of shows nowadays because uh, shows are made more like really long movies now because they're binge model and stuff. So basically the first act is usually episodes one through three. Right. And yeah. you only get into the meat after three or four episodes. So yep. it makes sense. Yep. Which is tough. And admittedly, because sometimes with shows like on Netflix, that means three to four hours, you know, to get to plot point one. But this show is only 30 minute episodes for the most part. So mm-hmm. there's no, no excuse, Andrew, no excuse whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. Like, it's hard to be like, I promise you're maybe going to like this eventually. You know what I mean? But like, that, but I what loved episode is, one. It's like my sex life. You know? <laughs> uh, from what the show becomes to what it starts off as is so fucking different. And I guarantee you, you like could never think of where it starts, where it ends up. Because okay. it just goes in places that I, I personally, like every episode I watch it, like, what? it's going this way? I would never have guessed this. This is incredible. Yeah. I, I have a weird admission. I watched that first episode, and then I spent a really long time looking up the actual guy that it was based on and watching YouTube videos Steve about him and stuff. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's based it, was, on it was really, somewhat really true story. I had a good time with the story. It was just tangential to the actual show. <laughs> Are you becoming one of those documentary guys? That's what I did with Invindigana. I was like, all right, well, that was interesting first episode, Google. And then I was just like reading about her for the rest of the night instead of watching the show. It's fascinating stuff. I try not to do that, even though that's kind of a cool uh, byproduct of, of shows based on real people and events. But uh, I try not to do that because yeah, it you didn't want it. Hamilton spoiled for you. No, exactly. Yeah. 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 What means. happens to Hamilton at the end? <laughs> guys, you're never going to believe this. It's really sad. <laughs> He only ends up on the $10 bill, <laughs> but <laughs> also okay. not even like real uh, fake things too. Like when I was watching arcane, which by the way, I'll say again, great show. It's so phenomenal. I was going to bring that up when you said the episode three thing. I'm like, I yes, get your word yeah. on it now because I almost gave up on arcane, but the episode three, same, yes. same exact way. I told him it was one of the best shows ever made. And he texted me at the end of episode two and was like, it's okay. And I was like, dude, just fucking power through one more episode. I swear to God. Yeah. When it, when it texted me at the end of episode three and was like, oh my God. (laughs) And I was like, yes. Uh, And, and our flag means death is that way, but more subtly, like, it's not like this giant turn, but over time and the time, again, there's 10 episodes. This is probably five hours of show where you could watch it in one day easily. Uh, I think it took me three days. 
Um, but it's like over time, I started to realize how important what I was witnessing was and how seen I felt. And uh, especially the, the, the finale, I'll, you know, when he things happen, I'll talk to you later. I'm really excited to talk okay. about it with somebody. <laughs> things happen. The reason I'm harping on so much about this show is it has not been announced that there will be uh, it's greenlit for a season two yet. Uh, yeah, it, but it, yeah, it ends in a way that it very much needs a season two. I'm sure HBO Max is is pretty good about you know that kind of. I mean, we got like four seasons of Doom Patrol, so <laughs> I think we're golden. But I just want the only way to get HBO to listen is to put eyeballs on it. Uh, so put your balls on it, you know, please. I don't want to shit talk Doom Patrol too much. I know a guy who works on that show. I knew a guy. <laughs> I, people love it. I obviously. I just I was not. I watched four or five episodes. Was not a fan, but. Uh, it was the only thing I could think of. You just got to get through episode five. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need, man. Just got to get through season two. That happens. Parks and Rec season one's not that great. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of the best shows of all time. That's what my friend said about Ozark. Yeah, he was. I was like, I'm not really digging Ozark too much. He's like, oh, you just got to get to the second season. I'm like, man, if I got to get through a whole ass season to start like liking this show, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, that's not fair to ask I, somebody. But. I've never actually seen the first season of Parks and Rec because everyone said it's I bad. So it I, 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 I watched the first couple it. episodes and I, my wife convinced me to start at episode one of season two. And I was like, that's not in me typically to do. But mm-hmm. she's like, I promise. And I did fast forward, you know, I'm in season four, like, <laughs> you know, like just, but laughing too. <laughs> you know, they That's how you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's moments in Parks and Rec that are very, very emotional for me. Yeah. Gotta say. He's got a, li- a little microcosm of the emotional display range that you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Shut up, dogs. They're, they're just wanting the patents. For they're, the entirety of the show, Andy was petting steve's wiener dog like a like a villain from a like Bond dr movie. evil yeah. Yeah, if you ever hear her in the background it's because she's uh harassing andy to pick her up because for some some reason andy is her favorite person <laughs> and everyone else is her least favorite yeah she even me she hates everyone in this room except andy for whatever reason so that's our flag means death on hbo max please go watch it we're, we got to get going we got to get our popcorn and our ices and our reese's pieces because we're heading in to see everything everywhere all at once we'll be back on the mics and your time in your universe momentarily to give you our review. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. And we're back from the other universe. For you, it was mere moments. For us, hours. That's how the multiverse works. Truly a lifetime, honestly. (laughs) We'll let you know if it lived up to the hype. Next week on <laughs> Follow for part two. <laughs> Sean, you are our, our guest, our honored guest. Share your overall thoughts just in general. No spoilers. How did you feel about everything, everywhere, all at once? Well, I felt that it lived up to the hype. I thought it was amazing. I mean, I laughed my ass off through most of the movie, but somehow at the end, I was still like pretty much crying. And so it was like hitting all the beats and I 
I just thought that the whole multiverse aspect of it was done like in a way I didn't quite expect from it, but still like just amazing. And I'm still trying to unpack like what it all meant like to me and, you know, trying to see what they were saying with it. But I thought it was great. Awesome. Mr. Andy. This is spoiler free part, right? Yes. Okay. You usually go first. Now you're going second. I can go second. Oh, throw me off my game. Dude, I cannot get over how fucking good that movie was. Like, holy shit. I got chills, like, almost, like, half of the movie. Just, like, you know, like a body-racking chill where it's like, oh, my God. That happened at least, like, six or seven times. And I cried, like, probably three or four times. Most towards the end, like, the second half. I'm not going to lie. The first, like, ten minutes, I was kind of like, oh, no, this is chaotic and weird. And I'm not sure if I like it. And then, like, it found its moment maybe like 15 minutes in and i was like okay i'm here for this and like that feeling did not go away i honestly i this has to be the best movie of the year i know that it's early in the year but holy shit it's the best movie i've seen in a really really long time that was fantastic mr steve you know coming on with a hot take every now and then <laughs> you know we're, we're just little specks of dust floating across this universe right and every now and then a movie comes along that just fucking hits it just lands and this movie you know i was while we were watching it and it was a very specific point in the movie we'll get to it when we talk about spoilers that i was just sitting there gobsmacked i probably if you looked at me i probably looked like just a deformed hideous creature that was half smiling half coming in his pants popcorn falling out of Pop- my mouth popcorn falling out of my mouth <laughs> that i i was just like this this is why i love movies and this is why movies are so amazing and important and special and the, it, it, some you know this movie reminded me of why i love movies uh top to bottom and soup to nuts and, and you know at this point the Daniels are either God or they can kill God. And I don't give a shit about what the difference is. It's that good. <laughs> Chris, what are, what is your thoughts about this movie? I don't know that I have the words and I'm, I'm certain that I'm going to need to be allowed to entertain spoilers to even getting close to adequately expressing uh, how I feel. Uh, but I guess I can say that this is not going to be a balanced podcast. I think it's safe to say that all four of us love the movie. Um, every now and then, and it's like you said, it take it's years in between, you know, like, I, I love movies, right? So I, I watch a few a week and I genuinely like most of them, to be honest. And some of them are amazing, you know, and it's pretty common for them to be amazing. But every now and then you get something like, the matrix in 1999 and you just watch it. And the first time even you don't even fully comprehend what you're seeing, but you know, this is something you've never seen before. You know, that things are different now. Um, not just for movies, but if I can be hyperbolic life in general, it's just different now, you know, and you're watching it and you can see the artifice, you know, a lot about movies and how they're made. You can kind of understand what they're doing. But at the same time, you have no fucking clue how they're doing what they're doing. And 
even more importantly, how they conceived of it. And that's how I felt watching this movie. Um, you know, like watching the matrix for the first time, you're like, Oh, okay. It's, we got computers now, you know, (laughs) I know Kung Fu, but I really, at the same time, don't understand how they're doing this. Like the helicopter just hit the building and it reverberated like pebble in water, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And watching, and that's harder and harder to do. I feel like, uh, not to take any credit from the Wachowskis, but, um, watching this movie, I'm I'm looking at the on and when we talk about it a lot in spoiler, I'm just flabbergasted that they would even take this on. You know, like mm-hmm. that that any studio would would review this script and be like, go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cause this is such a bold and unique and weird and interesting, but heartwarming and lovable and all at the same time. And it's it's a very unique perspective. Uh like we like fortunately we're in this age where we're getting a lot more movies that are based off people that aren't, you know, straight white dudes Mm -hmm. being straight white dudes and doing straight white dude things. No, like this is, I'm I'm so happy we live in a time that we can have stories like this that are, that are really weird, but also grounded in a very real family. uh, You know, that, that isn't my necessarily my, my background and it, but I still can connect with it so much. And I love, I love that about this movie. Absolutely. There was, um, this movie, even though I have nothing in common at face value, uh, with so many of these characters and this story in general, at the same time, it hit me right where I am in the universe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. I think that's uh, enough preamble, I guess. That's just dancing around the meat. I don't want to ruin this movie for anybody. Uh, we are about to spoil everything everywhere all at once. Please do not listen yet if you have not seen it. You are entering spoiler territory. You're bullshit. Okay. You're bullshit. That's kind of sums up what I took from this movie in the best way. Um, somebody start us off now that we're free for spoilers. Um, that has to be one of the funniest movies I've seen in a decade at least. Right? Like, I was like, not just like, <laughs> I was like belly laughing throughout <laughs> the majority of the runtime. It's so fucking batshit and weird. Like, how many, we got like little snippets of a bunch of universes, but we had a couple that were just recurring mm-hmm. and they were the goofiest fucking shit. Like we had a universe where everyone had hot dog fingers. We had a universe where there was raccoon <laughs> cooey. Ejaculated ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Seemingly I think that was yeah, their just, version of coitus in that universe. They play the piano with their toes instead of their fingers. Obvi. They can't use anything with those hot dog fingers. Fucking Jamie Lee Curtis doing her floppy hot dog finger, like seduction dance. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fucking weird. I'm like crying and laughing while it's happening. That's what's so remarkable about what they've done here is that you're, there was tears dropping down my face watching these hot dog fingers flop around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how they just use that to like, um, express uh, how like humans can uh, adapt and overcome anything. Cause she's all like, yeah, there's this absurd universe where we have hot dog fingers and well, we just got really good with our feet. Like, yeah. So. And I love the flashback to, uh, when <laughs> hot dog finger people became, 
hot dog. Where it was that it was straight oh, up God. that scene. Steve from, was losing it. So <laughs> straight up that scene from like 2001: A Space Odyssey when they they discover the bone, but it's like they discover they have hot dog fingers and they're just like wiggling their fingers up in the air, but they're apes and it's the funniest fucking thing ever. And you saw the final yeah. normal-handed ape die. Yeah. <laughs> How much weed was smoked at the? Uh, Pre, you know, pre-development stage of this. Uh, all of it? Yeah. All, the <laughs> all the weed in the multiverse. So here we have this. It's Ratatouille, but with a raccoon. <laughs> I could not Racco- believe... Raccoonie was fucking incredible. <laughs> I could not believe what I thought at the, in the moment was just this really clever, really funny, one-off Ratatouille joke would spawn into its own yeah. whole own multiverse of a raccoon hiding in a chef's hat. <laughs> and then that is escalated by the main character <laughs> jumping on the chef and piloting him by pulling his hair. I was momentarily <laughs> taken out of this uh, film just desperately craving to be sitting next to Patton Oswalt. At hers, his first viewing of this film, and just the sheer glee that that man probably experienced. Damn it! I was sitting there like, God, to be there. Oh my God! Why? Why didn't uh, someone film that in the theater? That's all I want. No instead, more Nicole Kidman. Just Patton Oswalt watching this movie instead of Charlie Cox's wife filming him at the Spider-Man showing. Yeah. Why wasn't she Weeping. next to Patton Oswalt? <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know this about Patton. He's a aficionado of cinema. I mean, the oh, guy, yeah. the guy's an encyclopedia of movies. Uh, and it's really, I'm really impressed. I read his book movie freak and uh, he's been watching two movies a day at the theater since he was a little kid. Fucking impressive. But yeah, this, this movie, um, I didn't laugh as much as you guys. Really? Oh man. And it's not because it wasn't funny. It was because really early on in the movie. So like Andy knows me, I mean, you all know me well, but Andy's known me since I was a real little boy. And like, I am psychotically stressed about the roads I have not taken. Right. And, and paralyzed by anxiety at any new fork, trying to compute where I'll be if I do this or that. And to the point where I actually end up doing nothing. Right. I've stayed at jobs for six years that I wanted to quit on the second day because I can't figure out the permutations of where the choice will lead me. And so I just end up stuck. And like 20 minutes into this movie, I realized that a heavy theme was that, right? And that hit me so hard that I was just too awestruck that it was just like right in my face. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Like when she's sitting in a laundromat and she's doing the fucking tat. And I just got this like humongous tax bill that's going to be taking me six years to pay yesterday and you know what i mean and i just i'm just i did the laundry today (laughs) and like that uh, i cannot tell you i was like fuck never felt more seen by a movie like exactly and then he looks at her and he's like you're the worst evelyn you know what I mean? Like, you're not good at anything. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> because you've never like stuck with anything. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's me, you know, but I think that's all of us in one way or another, but like, that's how I feel uniquely me. And cause it looks like it feels like everyone around me is really good at stuff and knows who they are. Cause that's what we all put on that act. And so we all feel so alone in that feeling. And so it was so beautiful to see this. 
on the screen, you know? Um, and, but then ultimately that's why she's so special and so good, right. Is because of that. So it's not like he just leaves it there or the filmmakers just leave it there. <laughs> like, hey, even, though the, shit, you know? even though they do kind of end the movie kind of like that at one point. Yeah. <laughs> like halfway yeah. through the movie, the credits start rolling. That was <laughs> the people next to me. Yeah, so the people next to me actually bought the false ending. Really? Oh, they started like sitting up? And there was like a sharp intake of breath and then like a bunch of curse words mumbled by the husband. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, oh, I came wow. out here on a Thursday. Oh, fucking wow. I got to fucking work tomorrow. The movie's long, so it's long enough to believe for a second, you know? Um, but anyway, Sean, what do you, what did you think about the spoily spoilers? Well, just to touch back on what you were saying about like uh, all the possibilities and stuff, but I, I mean, the movie kind of like doubles back and kind of ends and proves that despite all the endless possibilities and outcomes and things you could have done, that the one that you're doing is actually the one that you need to be at. Mm-hmm. What's the one for you? So that kind of was like reassuring. And I like that because I deal with that as well. Like the, oh man, what if I would have crossed and walked on the other side of the street? Like little things like that every day. I'm like, what if I turn down this way and go this way? And what's the change? Like butterfly effect or whatever. So, but I thought it was a heavy movie and I definitely did not expect to laugh as much as I did. Mm -hmm. It was like, the, the two the dude like just comes in slow mo diving for the <laughs> butt plug and I'm just like laughing. That's such an epic fight scene for dominance over a butt plug. Like who owns this it's, butt plug? Let's be clear though, that is not a butt plug. That no, is, it's not. That is a massive piece of. Uh, it's an award. A, it's an IRS award, so it's so fucking fit. It's, it's huge. Butt and plug. the other guy's got a bigger one jammed up <laughs> to get his. I don't know why they both had the same. How fucking crazy unique is that 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 is how you can branch off is do something so absurd in the moment uh that you that that's the quickest way to achieve another version of yourself that's such a clever idea it's so genius and they've got these early 2000s bluetooths to fucking <laughs> yeah to achieve that and uh like at the end the the grandfather has like this 1988 computer mech warrior suit. Yeah, he's, he's, he's made his own version of the Ripley mech suit from Aliens, yeah. but from his wheelchair. But from like really old, like there's floppy disks inserts for sure. Yeah. Their, the, their, their other movie, Swiss Army Man, was big on like recycling things for art. So I loved that we got some of that aspect in it too, because like a huge part of why I love Swiss Army Man so much is just like the design, the the dumb little things where it's like, yeah, I'm, yeah I made my own little bus on the uh, in the woods out yeah. of sticks and garbage you know what i mean yeah and so it was really cool to see that come back but yeah the whole idea of uh the the most statistically unlikely thing that you would do at a given point is the thing that makes your parents stop at one point she's like pushed up against wall and stuck and a fly flies over and lands on her arm and she snorts it she gets strong pinky version of herself uh yeah like that, that whole concept is just a really in, a, in an age where the multiverse is all the rage and ideas like anyone like you were saying earlier the letterbox guys I mean, it's funny that the Russo brothers produced this because that is funny. <laughs> they stole the best directors from the MCU as well. But it's like no one will touch this approach to it, yeah. no matter how many different multiverse things we get. And uh, what I was saying earlier about like when you're watching a film and you don't know, like you kind of know how, you know how it's done, but you don't know how they did it. I want to talk to you guys about that a lot because 
uh, I was taken out of the film some at various stages, just like how the fuck. And then like trying to compute the logistics because they're, oscillating between like i don't know 15 or 20 different realities at lightning speed right mm-hmm. so to, almost to the fact where like if you're epileptic be careful right yeah yeah for so sure. that means that they had all of these set pieces with all these minute details i mean they had to be 40 different set pieces with the main yeah. characters in different costumes and stuff and they had to so if you're shooting obviously you do them all at once while they're dressed that way but like you have to have storyboarded the fuck out of it and know that, okay, then you're, you know, we need this kind of movement. Cause we're, you know what I mean? Like I was just sitting there like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah there's literally a fight scene where every punch that lands that like blips them to a completely different location and, yeah. and stuff like, and this, this movie is just a, an example of what amazing production, when, when amazing production design, directing, writing and editing comes together at its zenith yes yes every 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 piece of the machine that is this movie is functioning uh optimally and it's incredible to watch because like i was like you like there's a couple times where i was taken out of the movie just like this is just amazing how they fucking do you remember that reality where they're both in prison in like classic striped suits yeah so they go there when the when the daughter and the mother first meet as they are evil and, and protagonists and then they meet again in that prison and they're uh like an hour and a half later toward the the end of the third act and it's like that, yeah, of course, they filmed them both at the same time is the way they did that. But what I'm saying is those characters are in just light years apart, different emotional places in the story. Mm-hmm. And so that's incredible to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Punch, punch, punch back up. And then it's like, OK, now you're the aggressor. You've learned the secret of the universe. You're trying to get your daughter like, <laughs> like <laughs> as an actor, as a director. It's like, what? Yeah. The confidence of the direction of this is fucking wild. Yeah. And that's what stands out to me, like probably above everything else. Because like, like you said, you don't just storyboard the shit out of it. And you do, you do because you have, there's so many like match cuts and like little, little editing tricks that they do to make things fit and stuff. But like, you have to know everything about this movie front to back to get something like this to the whole amalgamation of what we got the finished product for that to happen they had to know like this is exactly when this happens this is exactly why this happens this is the emotional beat that we're trying to get you to portray this is how you need to do that and this is where we're going to go from here and why yeah and like that's for every cut you know and there's 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 times where it's like it just fucking mind blowing. Uh, I actually looked over at Steve one point. It was just because the edit was so fucking incredible. There were a couple of times where it fo- focus on Michelle Yao. Is it pronounced Yao? I think uh, it's Yo, but I honestly Yo, don't Yo. know. It's focused on her face. She's center frame. And then like it starts cutting through like different variations of her and all these. Yeah, different it's like 200 different shots of her face in different backgrounds makeups settings and everything and like these these shots are only lasting like what a frame each yeah and it, it is just flat and like once in a while one's like animated or something and then it'll give like an extra frame or two to make one stand out where it's like oh she's a lizard face here and you see that for a slightly bit longer to make it oh like she's an anime character yeah, here. yeah exactly but like i looked over at steve at one point because they did that a couple of times but there's one time where they're like okay we're gonna blow our load on it this time and they they did it for like a solid 30 seconds or something it felt like it yeah and i was just like oh yeah, that's, fuck, dude the edit that took that dude a month like that that yeah. was insane and when she gets drawn to the for the first time uh back into 
the the whatever into the multiverse into a different universe and she's in that that rolling chair the office chair in the irs and she slides right and then down the line of cubicles was, was that a that was like a that was like a cgi i can't even talk a cgi dolly zoom like i just you know what i mean like i'm just like this looks fucking incredible yeah. um i mean i'm sure that was digital blur actually i have no idea i have no idea I probably like pushed her down a green screen hallway and like added all this shit around her and a bunch of visual yeah. effects yeah. and stuff yeah there you go again a, a perfect marriage of all these departments working cohesively yeah exactly together. and i think andy hit the nail on the head this is just uh not to you know um suck the daniels too hard right but mm. I, I, this really just seems like two visionaries who knew exactly what they wanted and, and were able to communicate that to every other vital part, which is rare. It's so rare. Like I said, the, David Chen said it best. He's the one that did all that when that was his original tweet, which now I understand. Like this only happens a couple times a decade, right? Like this is a Mad Max Fury Road. This is a, this mm -hmm. is a, this is a, the matrix. You just, everybody who's an expert looks at this and goes, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, which is why we've seen directors like, like Ryan Johnson and, um, and, and other Titans like that, that we admire just tweeting like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And I, I, I do want to kind of point out just the, the three main leads, um, Michelle Yao, Stephanie Sue, uh, Kehu Kwan, they are all fucking nailing this. Oh, yes. That, so that was much. the Goonies guy that was her husband? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my and God. I'm yes. just now realizing by looking at the IMD page that his name isn't Raymond. It's Waymond. Yeah, it was Waymond <laughs> the whole time. Waymond. Yeah. I thought it was Raymond, <laughs> but it's Waymond. Uh, but yeah, Alpha Waymond. Especially he in particular, I was kind of uh, impressed by because he would go from, because the, the story kind of starts off with another universe version of him. Alpha Waymond. Alpha Waymond kind of hacking into this universe's Waymond. And like, so he would go from affable, cute, adorable, hello, I'm just your lovable husband who's kind of a goof. And then he'd be like, we have to protect you. He would just like on a dime switch to being ultra serious. He'd Clark Kennett and take his glasses off. Say, I, yeah, love that. <laughs> I love that mechanic because it's kind of corny, yeah. but it's not. It makes perfect sense that like, you know, we need some visual cue to yeah. the audience. We have to have one. Like, we can't get around this. But it also makes sense that this other version of him has 2020 vision. Mm -hmm. And so the, you know, the glasses bother him when he gets in there. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he's the alpha. I right? bought it immediately and was like, thank you for the clue. So okay. I can keep up, but also, I, you know, it's not ruining anything. Yeah. Also. Uh, and then to kind of keep on his character for a minute, um, Chris, you, you mentioned that you, you felt seen about the whole questioning, you know, life choices and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a point in the movie where it kind of focuses on his character and it kind of brings it full circle where it's like kindness is his weapon. And he has kind of a, like, there's like a monologue that's happening between like five different versions of him at once. Yeah, the the classic black and white movie star version of him was given the big uh, emotional linchpin of that speech. Yeah. Uh, you think he, I'm an idiot, but I'm, you know, this is my weapon. This is Yeah, this he's is like, how I you adapt. think I'm an idiot, you think I'm too nice, you think I'm naive, naive. but this is my weapon. This is how I'm able to. I've been to, on the earth as many years as you. Like, yeah. I mean, this is how I'm able to deal with the, the shit that all of us go through yeah and as a fellow person who's recently kind of gone through the whole divorce and had a hard time with someone that i lived with that wasn't looking at me like that anymore and always trying to be the i'm here to help you i'm yeah. i'll do whatever i can to make you feel better yeah. like i was just like fucking yes thank you <laughs> like i don't have to be a big strong alpha man to like know what fighting feels like you know yeah. what i mean 
It's yeah. a, it, and like this is the first movie in a long time that I feel like that's been so directly addressed. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. And it's it's so interesting that a movie like this where the 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 uh, what do you call it? The, the the drama isn't solved by just punching everything. It's like, no, like she has to figure out how to be, quote unquote, kind and give people what they want. Like she sprays the one guy with a perfume that reminds him of his wife in mm-hmm. one universe. He she spanks the that guy's the, into it. The, 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 the submissive dude who's <laughs> like, like uh, he wants to be gagged and spanked. I get it. She she, she uh, reunites uh, what is it? Raccoon Tui, the uh, Raccoon Tui ra- chef. Raccoon, ra- Raccoon no. Cooney. Rakakuni. Rakakuni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she reunites Rakakuni chef with Rakakuni. <laughs> uh, at one point, like he's too tired, and so he has <laughs> she ha- he has to pull her hair so she can run <laughs> the rest of the yeah. way and throw him. I just so good. I love Dude, that my favorite shit. bit when they brought came back to that universe because they did it a couple of times where it's like, oh, it's a fucking joke. Oh my god, there he is a thing. And she goes rip the hat off. But when he's sitting there outside the restaurant, like weeping, the Hibachi restaurant, he's like, he just taught me so much. He took that away from me. I didn't even know how to boil an egg. And he taught me how to spin it with a spatula. I, I, I love it when she pulls the hat off him initially, and you see this like raccoon puppet on his head, and then the raccoon's like she knows too much no, that's <laughs> when she walks in on him in the kitchen yeah there's that <laughs> she knows too much and like she pilots him, him to pick up a knife and go after with a knife <laughs> that was so awesome she's seen too much and then like so the I, the scene i mentioned earlier about where i was just kind of gobsmacked and just like this is the best movie ever was when it cuts to the universe where everyone's just like they're just rocks dude i know and yeah that's probably my favorite part of the it's movie like, yes this, that was so like quiet yeah. and I needed that after all the chaos yeah. and, it, and they know that right mm-hmm. like hey you're stimulated it's just this two minute scene of just two rocks sitting on a ledge and they're talking to each other via like superimposed text that is very it's like Times New Roman font <laughs> <laughs> but it somehow manages to be Papyrus! Hi- uh, heartfelt and funny but it's just literally just two rocks sitting there yeah. <laughs> it's, it's genius I mean, filmmaking it cuts back to it when they're chasing uh, yeah. She's chasing her daughter as a rock. Get away from me! And yeah, I'm get you. She's got the, the cliff, and she follows her over. <laughs> she's got when, the googly eyes. When the rock turns and it reveals that it's wearing the googly eyes, oh, killed me! And that somehow that's such a heartwarming, impactful moment. Yeah, um, and that's what this movie does so well. And I don't think they even understand that about themselves, or they're just so humble about it. But the amount of empathy in this movie and i don't even have the words to express it but that's what i recognize as like wholly unique uh because in the beginning of the movie you 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 understand everyone's perspective in this film like you understand why the husband would feel the need to divorce her like he's not getting what he needs right you understand why the daughter's upset you even understand the bigoted old man because he's you know he's like 80 years old he comes from where he comes from and like and then you understand when she looks at her husband and says you should see my life if i never went with you it's incredible it's beautiful and that's so hurtful but like fuck yeah you saw it you get it i understand that right i'm not mad at any of these people for being who they are i understand the fucking irs lady i wasn't mad in the slightest like and then we get more of her character later but even in the moment it's like i understand and like the daniels understand and they're showing they're making me understand because they're Mm -hmm. so good at this um and then by the end you 
it does that shift and and Waymond is seen as this paragon of a good way to live life in fact and not somebody who deserves to be like shat on and yeah, everything absolutely. shifts and um anyway i just like i the, just love that like constant oh you think you think you understand you know <laughs> an incredible perspective what if they were uh what is the word when you hit something and candy comes out Pinata. Pinata. Uh, yeah, yeah. What if they were pinatas? Yeah. <laughs> swinging against each other. Yeah. I love that. And the so daughters, you hear the voice like, oh, great. <laughs> Guess we're just going to hang out. <laughs> An incredible example of, of what you just said, Chris, about this empathy is there's that character. I, I think that she's probably just called Big Nose. <laughs> she's the super like. Isn't that the sister from Parks and Parks Rec? And Rec? Yeah. The yeah, worst. Nanny. <laughs> But money, please. Money, please. <laughs> but she could very easily be this character that you just hate because she's bratty and seemingly bitchy. I was really surprised to see her but at the party, like lonely. Well, even in the first scene where they introduced her, there's such restraint where like she's obviously on a phone call with someone with she's got her little Bluetooth headset in and she's like, she she yells at the person on the other end like no i have to give her the number that's how the world works like mm-hmm. like he because he, you get the impression that the person on the other end's like is she yelling at you yeah but she like kind of defends michelle yo's character even though like on the surface she seems like she'd be the type of person like yeah this bitch doesn't have my clothes yeah and and, and i know that's such a small thing but okay, just that no, small little ticket. restraint she's not a mind reader right yeah just that small little bit of information is like oh, okay this woman's not a total monster mm-hmm. and and obviously that's not that no one in this movie is a total exactly monster. well that's, she did use her dog as a ball and chain that's that pretty so monstrous funny. dude i was fucking dying <laughs> was so good sorry baby <laughs> hey, the, the dog seemed to have a great time and then when she <laughs> snipped the dog and he went <laughs> and I was a rooster so chicken Andy like, like ricochets off the cubicle I know dude <laughs> it's like oh my god they made it so visceral there's so many great sound effects you mentioned the, the chicken sound effect for the dog but then also whenever she uses her pinky attack on people it's the super smash brothers super like elimination noise <laughs> <Right>. that, <laughs> that. <laughs> so good the performances were incredible I cannot imagine this movie without Michelle Yeoh but I gotta say the person I was the most impressed with uh, was the the woman who played her daughter, Joy. Stephanie Sue. Yes, that yeah, was so. Like, apparently, it was designed for Jackie Chan to be the lead, which is like so weird to imagine because it, I couldn't see it playing out the same as with Michelle because it's just like seems like the way it should be. Oh, for sure. Wait, you mean Jackie was supposed to be like the male lead? Yeah, but they gender swapped it. Oh, really? I was thinking he was going to be Evelyn. Yeah, (laughs) I was thinking Jackie Chan as Wayman. And I was like, I could totally see that. No, yeah, same. But no, like intentional, like the first intentions were for him to be the lead. Yeah. And that just such a different movie. They should have, right? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. They should have cut to that universe for a split second. Right. Like she wouldn't understood it. Is Jackie Chan? Yeah, they could have cut to one where she was a woman. Yeah, for sure. Just Um, throw his face in that like flashing (laughs) montage. It might be in there. I guess that makes sense because there is that universe where she's like a movie star who's famous for being a stunt fighter, like a Jackie Chan is. You know. So that makes sense, but still, that would be such a yeah, very. Different I think that would have been a mistake because of yeah. all the baggage we have and our bias of our own, like the vision we have of Jackie Chan would have totally recolored that movie. Mm-hmm. That and I love how this movie is, is centered around a, a mother and daughter sort yes. of rectifying. And so their soon after turning red, it was just like the click, the last puzzle piece mm-hmm. for me. Very simple. There's a lot of similarities between but this and turning. I, red. I gotta like that. The daughter's performance. You said her name was Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like in the, the first 20 minutes, you know, I, she's playing this very straight, uh, well, gay, but right. <laughs> it's very like forward, like role. Like, you know, it just seems like I've seen it a thousand times. Daughter that's upset with mom. Yeah. And then when she gets into this like godlike character, I was like, holy shit. Who's with, this person? With her everything bagel. She put like, oh, the bagel. My, my hopes and fears and <laughs> dreams and sesame seeds. Every Craigslist <laughs> post. Yeah. Uh, everything. <laughs> everything. You know, like two weeks ago, I saw a TikTok where a guy made a whole skit about the man who invented the everything bagel. And it's just as insane as this movie is. Yeah, it is. I saw that so too. I was like, is, is that just a thing? In just, the city with the early release. Maybe and it inspired him, but he's like, nothing matters. If people eat this fucking thing, then it's just nothing matters. It's, it's actually kind of incredible how prescient that was that he yeah. made this right before I want uh, you, this movie. Came I out. want you to go in the back of the kitchen and grab everything and just dump it on this fucking bagel. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, I won't do it. I won't do it. <laughs> do you have any other thoughts, Sean? That anything bouncing around up there that you wanted to, that we haven't mentioned that uh, you really just want to get out there? Well, we didn't mention the fanny pack. That was incredible. <laughs> it was on from the mo- like that. There's a like- shot in the fanny pack scene when he first hits the first guy, and it's it's a close up of the the I don't know, it's not Velcro, but like the rope, you know, the belt part of the fanny pack, like loosening in his hand and then going taut right before it cuts to the end of the fanny (laughs) hitting the dude's nose (laughs) and the sound design there. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the shot I'm talking about. about. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? Like I've seen a lot of incredible fight choreography, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sean fanny pack. Oh, it's just, I mean, I just, that's like the moment when I was like, okay, we're in for a ride. Like this dude just beat up a room full of people with a fanny pack and then supercharged his fanny pack with like rocks from a fish tank from yeah, an aquarium rock <laughs> after eating a, a, a stick of chapstick yeah. Yeah. which made i love how they did yeah. that but without telling us first like we're just like right like that being the, the is going activation on? thing didn't even come up to like 25 minutes later yeah it's like oh that's why he, i thought he just liked eating chapstick and then he's eating gum off the bottom of a yeah. desk and I, at first i was trying to put it together and my brain's like oh your your teeth clamp down hard when you jump so you'll yeah. take whatever you can to help brace yourself way off <laughs> <laughs> way off i love the scene where it's later on in the movie but like the, uh, michelle yeo's character and whoever she was fighting like lose the connection to their alternate Multiverse, they just start slap fighting because they don't know what to do. They went from these kung fu masters, just like get away, <laughs> quit it. No, you quit <laughs> until he realizes he needs to shove that <laughs> yeah, statue that's in his ass. <laughs> it's just this incredibly choreographed. Let me stick the statue of my ass, and she's like, no. <laughs> just just so the tension up. of a guy and desperately trying to slam his butt down, and she's trying to either push him or grab the butt plug award. Then away. that guy triumphantly leaping with no pain. <laughs> <laughs> and his legs splayed just so open just ready for it <laughs> and, and he's got the look of he just turned around like yes <laughs> I love how they, they did the, the digital sensor around his balls but you yeah. can still see something like dangling <laughs> when, when I realized that was the statue I lost it yeah. I was like what is this uh, and that you have to watch with Army Man because it's it's basically that but even in some ways a little weirder because no one knew who they were. So they were <laughs> he's just riding Daniel Radcliffe's corpse farting across the ocean. And we're like, what 
the fuck? It's <laughs> incredible. It's, it's such a unique movie. You're, you're never, you're guaranteed to have never seen anything quite like it, but it's not the kind of weird that's like off-putting or strange. You know, you know how you can watch like an A24 film and it's weird, and it, but, but it's purposefully off-putting and makes you uncomfortable. Yes. This movie never, I never felt uncomfortable watching it. I was just, just constantly intrigued uh, and bewildered in a good way. It's like, what is going on? I need to know. Mm -hmm. And then it just starts hitting you with these like emotion, 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 just like really human moments in such a bizarre package. That's what I love the imagery of all the googly eyes that goes along with this film, because it's like, it's all about perspective mm -hmm. and everyone feels seen. Uh, if you'll forgive me uh, <laughs> when, when you watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I, I love the, the, the imagery of all these eyes everywhere because there's so many different ways to look at things. Uh, and it's her husband that sticks those everywhere and she hates it initially. Right. So mm -hmm. that's, that's how I felt. I love when you see him put him on the lantern. He's like, eh? <laughs> runs, runs away with the lantern. <laughs> yeah. like, that was endearing. Yeah. She like, the, she's like going off on him in the first scene about him. And then it's like super endearing because when she actually like uses his information to like, unlock her metaphorical third eye that's like the imagery with the googly eye it's yeah. like oh that's a nice little touch there yeah, yeah. i see what y'all are doing Full circle there. the laundry's happy here <laughs> yeah i struggled a little bit at the beginning with the transitions back and forth between english and chinese did you guys have an issue with that i don't know if it's just what way like my in my brain i'm like i'm reading the subtitles and then suddenly uh, they're not there anymore but they're saying words and i didn't catch what those words were not so much the transition between betwixt english and chinese but it was uh, or mandarin or i don't know what that was um but uh it was more that i for the first time in a long time have i struggled to read the subtitles because i did not want to look away from the screen for a second right yeah there was the way that they were framing those shots i was just like trying to figure it out and then i was like oh yeah read there, there was one sequence that they cut to a couple of times where it was like uh i think it was in her hollywood starlet uh, uh sequence or, or universe um she's standing in an alleyway with dude and it's like angled interestingly like a noir where like down at the end of this alley in the top right corner of the frame is where the street is where the the alley ends and the street begins but that part was in slow-mo and then everything around them wasn't so it was like this blurry weird or i'm sorry everything around them was slow-mo but they weren't and so it was like this weird cool blur thing happening but that was a subtitled sequence so i'm like real quickly glancing yeah. down at, oh, yeah. at the subtitles like what do they say okay anyway this is really pretty what do they say <laughs> like, yeah, yeah i mean was, this this is gonna warrant multiple rewatches. i can't wait to to do them <laughs> i was gonna look and see what i'm showing tomorrow damn no it's still not gonna so, go see sonic 2 <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make room for morbius andy yeah we need morbius yeah i don't know if the world can handle morbius uh i've got all the bs i can take <laughs> <laughs> this movie was incredible um i hope that uh if you made it this far that you've seen it already so uh, you know um hope you got what we got from it because that was that was incredible the things you heard about this movie everywhere mm -hmm. all at once yeah I didn't expect for those on. to be the chapters of the film. Uh, and the way that the first one was introduced, I, I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. um, what are you thinking about? She, she's so overwhelmed and she, you know what I mean? And that's fuck again. That's how I was yesterday, you know? And <laughs> what are you thinking about exactly? And then she everything, up everything. And I was like, that is 
Oh, put me, put that in a box for me. Right. And that's like 40 minutes into the movie or something, right? Like, yeah, it's pretty fucking far. The in. movie deserves to be this long because, yeah, you need that. Like, there's like at least four different films in this movie. And I don't mean like the the costumes and the set pieces and the styles, but like, you know what I mean? Like the the potential content and emotional weight. Yeah, yeah I would have watched an entire two hour movie of the first 25 minutes and ditto the second and so on and so on. Just the rock yeah. I or the two rocks. I would yeah. watch them sit there and talk forever. Right. For sure. At least good 2030. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how long I could watch the pinatas, but well, if you want to watch uh, an, an, a whole movie, I have an watched the, object. You can watch Marcel, the shell with shoes on, which comes out. Soon. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be incredible. That did look endearing. But the shell gets going. That's the whole point. It's different yeah. than the rock. That's true. He's that's got true. shoes on. Like that was the rock. Uh, the two minutes with the rock. Uh, people, people are going to think we're talking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like he's—I didn't see him in that. <laughs> There's two of them. <laughs> Is that the director's cut with the stones? It's like a David Lowry film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, for sure. Casey Affleck coming in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a great movie. I'm so happy that we watched it. Yeah, I really was scared that it wasn't going to live up to what I needed it to be. Yeah, same. Yeah, I was scared, too, because when I first saw the trailer and I was like, oh, multiverse and there's multiple Evelyn's and then there's like martial arts. And I'm like, I hope this isn't just like a cheap like ripoff of Jet Li's The One. I was going to say, I've seen Jet Li's The One. Yeah, I, I was like, what is this? Nothing like it. Like, way different. <laughs> I am the immortal Iron Fist. That was your. I am the immortal Iron Fist. That was <laughs> Danny voice. Yeah, it, it lived up to the hype. Uh, awesome. Thank you. The Dan- Daniel's our patron subscriber, so that's awesome. It's true. Oh, um, speaking of which, we did get a new patron subscriber uh, while we were watching the movie, so thank you, Shay. Yes, yeah, Shay. The best timeline. The By the way, timeline. patrons, don't forget to vote on the Nicolas Cage movie we'll be watching later this month. Uh, and if you would like to vote on that, you could become a uh, patron of our show. Yeah, $5 or uh, more a month, and you can vote on these polls and listen to the episodes. Mm-hmm. Currently, only two of you have uh, voted so far in the poll, so get on it. Yeah, we're, we're, we got a zero for face-off, one for Ghost Rider. Yes. And one for National, National Treasure. Treasure. I'm back, so, baby. My vote goes for Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> We'll list that under other. <laughs> uh, tune in next week. What are we going to be talking about next week, guys? We got uh, a couple films coming. Probably The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Is that next week? Yeah, next okay. week. Okay. All right. Let's get our tickets. That's uh, April 15th. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you, Sean, for joining us. That's all the time we have. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And I'm Sean. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Happy streaming.